now by Washington State head coach Mike Leach. Everything going well in Pullman? You got everything going in the right direction? How is everything in the uh, great Northwest? You know, it seems to be good. I'm kind of lo- I go from uh, I tend to go from my bedroom to uh, to a dark room there in the, in the bowels of the football complex. Actually, it's in the top of it where I sit and watch film all the time and get ready for the next one. But that's nah, been a lot of fun. We, uh, we've had really good practices, so it's steady work, but just, uh, nonstop practice and, uh, a lot more film than people on the outside would really visualize. <laughs> well, we can't talk about the biggest news in the world. Cause I guess we'd both get emails from our bosses. If we did that, uh, I, did want to I did want to kind of talk to you a little bit about some off the field stuff though as far as like you know the recent World Series is over uh, you had some some publicized comments about the Chicago Cubs that I also share with you what is it about Cubs fans that kind of get your goat before I tell you what they do to get mine well they, they, look I, I, I'm happy for the city of Chicago because that is one of the greatest sports cities it doesn't matter what the a team's record is if if I mean, the Chicago team could be terrible, but if they're if they're they're playing some team in another city, it'll be slammed because the Chicago fans are so loyal. So I'm happy on that sense for Chicago. And then there's people in my office, and yes, like Cubs fans, they might have just gone and bought themselves a shirt and figured the logo's cute, and uh, then pretty soon it goes from I like the Cubs to my Cubbies. And that, which that's, you know, that, 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 that's when you know they're lost. And that, um, and so then, uh, uh, but some of them are hanging on every pitch and living and dying on everything. So I'm happy for them, happy that the Cubs won. And then, um, in between of the Chicago teams, I'm definitely more of a White Sox fan. Um, and then, uh, but I do, I, I do think you know both those teams in the World Series had the two, two of the best managers, and I tend to follow managers more than teams. So, so good for the Cubs. But now, Cub fans, first of all, it starts. <coughs> it's, it starts with uh, Mike Cubbies. It starts with well, they're cute. It starts with uh, well, what's your favorite team? Well, the Cubs have a really cute field. Well, that's a cute field. It's not entirely the basis of, uh, you know, that's not the, necessarily the starting point, you know. And then um, and then I just think it gets yuppie contagious. And, you know, it, and it's kind of like the screwy haircuts they got going nowadays uh, where, you know, shave the sides and yet still have a part it and come it over up top i mean that's the macklemore cut that's from that's from your area of the country cubs fans cubs fans get to me because they act like their team is the only team that's ever lost a baseball game before i think you oh, talk to I these know. people and, 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 well they're, they're just in constant martyrdom i actually I think that i actually think the good of the curse being broken is their identity will be lost a little bit because um you know it's hard to have just incessant martyrdom if uh, you've won the World Series, so no, I agree, and they they seem to revel in it. But you know, before I get going too hard, we, we should probably get this thing back on the rails a, a little bit. You've been in Washington State a while now. You've got it going in the right direction. You guys are having a great season. What was the biggest challenge for you upon your arrival there when you first got there? Because you've kind of rebuilt this program to to some different heights. What was kind of the biggest hurdle for you? Uh, I think the biggest was player, you know, players, and then. Uh, just the mentality of the team. Um, and so I guess, you know, that's a quick way of saying everything, but 
Yeah, we in particular we were very thin on the O line. Uh, at eight O linemen in the program, six on scholarship, and uh, of which maybe only two belonged on scholarship. And then, um, you know, we go out there and we're a soft, a very soft uh, two sixty five on the O line, getting knocked all over the place. And, and the, you know, you can't rebuild the O line in uh, one year. It takes a couple years, and also that's a position where they marinate in the weight room a little bit but i think that uh i think players obviously players and then i think the other thing was uh uh getting some good off seasons in and just you know, making it yeah making it fun to be a tough team you know was it are there some similarities there i mean i know just just because of the places they're kind of remote locations in recruiting to pullman as opposed to recruiting to lubbock when you were at texas tech are they pretty similar in that manner or is that world's different well, a little bit. Uh, they're similar from the standpoint that there's most people don't have a visual of what uh, Pullman or Lubbock are like. You, you know, like you know, if you say uh, Los Angeles, they know what Los Angeles looks like. They know what Phoenix looks like. You know, they know they have they know what Seattle. Even if they haven't been to Seattle, they know what they they have an impression of what it looks like or the Bay Area. Um, the uh, but there, most people haven't been to Pullman. I mean, very pleasant, but you got to get them here, and they don't have an initial visual visualization of what it is. Lubbock was like that too, uh, different from the standpoint. Lubbock, Lubbock was actually the second biggest city in the Big Twelve after Austin at the time, and um, and you know here uh, in Pullman, we're a true college town uh, in a great conference, but it's an urban conference and. Almost every uh, school in the conference um, is in an urban setting, except we're a true college town, a lot like maybe some of those SEC towns. And then, um, uh, but it is, and uh, you have to educate the folks on it. It is pretty easy to get to because there's a, a non-stops up here throughout California um, to Spokane. So, so like for example. Uh, three airports in LA. Uh, you can fly nonstop uh, to Spokane in an hour and 20 minutes into Pullman, or you can uh, uh, fly direct to Seattle and then fly right into Pullman. It seems like you guys are doing some recruiting all over the country. You've done some in Florida, which is about as far away as you guys can get. Are there areas you guys are trying to move into uh, geographically, or are you pretty happy with just kind of living there in the Northwest and in California? Uh, we stretch from Florida to Samoa. Um, so that's quite a way. That shoot, that's two thirds the way around the world. But um, we, uh, uh, you know, Washington. Anybody in, in Washington that uh, we can get or that uh, we feel like's a good player. Most of our roster comes from California. It's you know, like I say, it's easy to get to and from, and we're within kind of the Pac-12 footprint. And so, growing up, they, uh, you know, a lot of times the player. Uh, <laughs> Um, visualize himself staying in the Pac-12 and Washington State to make part of it. So, um, but uh, we get a lot from California. You, uh, I mean, obviously you had some some downtime between jobs there in Lubbock and then in in Pullman. What you know? What kind of filled your time? I mean, obviously the book. I've read the book. The book is very good, by the way. Um, besides that, though, what did you kind of do to fill the time between between jobs? Well, I was in Key West. Uh, 
between jobs, shoot, I actually had a pretty good time. I was busier than I was busier than I would have liked to have been. Um, so I was on the radio. I was on Sirius Radio, radio three hours a day, five days a week with Jack Aroos, who's one of the greatest broadcasters mm-hmm. ever. And then uh, I uh, broadcast for CBS for a season. And then Bruce Feldman and I did the book uh, Swing Your Sword. Yeah, we all saw that. I mean, I meant like in the downtime. I'm getting ready to go to Key West. Actually, I've never been. Oh, I, dude, I can tell you where to go. I can tell you people to meet uh, and and see. But uh, uh, yeah, you know, I would. Uh, first of all, I got in incredible shape. Probably the best shape of my life. I'd swim in the ocean, or else I'd bike around the island. Or else I had uh, a series of prison exercises, kind of push up and set up <laughs> that I would that I would do uh, uh, on the break during the show, and they would actually get mad, like you know, you're you're breathing too hard, you have to stop exercising. So hold on, you would you were you were on the show, and then on commercial breaks, you just start you break out into push ups. That's yeah, it was a it was pretty cool because I was out on my deck, I got this cottage. So I was out on my deck and um, sitting there on the deck, you know, and there's just a little pool and the pool is Key West is hot so you can get wet. It's not, you can't really swim in it per se, but, um, you know, it's kind of, uh, oh, I don't know. It's probably 15 feet by uh, seven feet or something, but um so no, at the breaks I would do either push ups or sit ups and uh had this whole routine and so but if uh yeah, if I came back, you know, you talk to the producers as they whisper in your ear, I mean You're out of breath, you can't be out of breath, you know and then and then uh you're gonna have to stop that exercise, you know. And I'd say, Oh yeah, okay, yeah, I'll make sure to do that then <laughs> about the early signing period here because that seems to be on the agenda for everybody the NCAA wants to kind of push one of those is that something you want do you want to sign kids early or is that something that you're kind of against no I'm against it uh, I think we're pretty close right now to what we want it to be I'm, a, I'm against it because uh, when I was 18 I couldn't remember any you know make up your mind life decision yeah right you know, I, so I, th- I think I think they need as long as we can provide them, I and mean, I don't think it's uh, uh, I don't think it's uh, a long enough period as it is, but it's what we have, you know. Sure. And uh, so I don't think it should be longer. I think that 
I think that the prospects need extra time. I think that we need to remember that the most important thing that we do is the season and um, that we can't, uh, you know, clutter the season with uh, with a recruiting um, when we need to uh, focus on that. So uh, I think I think we're better off the way it is now. Speaking of back to you when you were 18, you're one of few coaches that, that have – a, in college football, and B, had this kind of success without playing college football at any level. You have a JD, correct? Did you ever take the bar, or did you just kind of, after law school, decide, nah, that's not for me? I didn't take the bar. Uh, I started getting, I, I got a master's, so I went and worked on my master's, and um, then I figured, well, eventually I'll settle down in one state, which I should have been smarter than that, but in coaching, you don't just exactly settle down for very long, so... Well, when I settle down in the, the state I like the best, I'll take the bar there. But I've been coaching ever since. If there's one bylaw on the books you can change as far as the NCAA goes, which one are you – and it's all up to Mike Leach. Nobody is going to tell you what you can and can't do. This is your decision. It's a dictatorship. Which one are you changing? Bylaw. Well, I'd have uh, I'd have a play, expanded playoff where there's uh, 32 to 64 teams. Um I would uh, I would change that. Uh, there would be uh, no uh, no uncatchable ball rule because uh, because the ball might have been catchable um, if the quarterback and the receiver and whatnot don't alter their throw because they're being interfered with. Uh, I think a really stupid rule is that business defensive linemen can't dive at. Uh, at the ankles of a quarterback. How how is a defensive lineman or a defensive player supposed to gauge that or adjust that? I mean, especially now that you can't go high either. You know, you've got <laughs> yeah, you can't go ball. high, you can't go low. I mean, it's in the strike zone. It's hard enough to tackle those guys. And, and you know, and I'm supposed to be the quarterback guy, but the thing is, is um, I think it's impossible to to legislate. I think you know, it's just wasted legislation. The biggest thing I would do is I would enforce all these committees. That adjust rules, whether it be uh, recruiting or the football ones. I would force them. I'd have a, a deal where they're forced to play more golf. That way, they couldn't change as many rules. I would just be no. Okay, yeah, fine. You're meeting in Phoenix or wherever. Okay, good. You have to golf uh, four times in the three days you're there. And then, um, and then, uh, oh, and by the way, let us know what rules you change. You know, I mean, because I, I think I think I think idle time's the devil's workshop with those people, and I don't think that they they need additional time to be fiddling with things. You know? No, absolutely, I understand that. Wanted to ask you before I let you get out of here. Obviously, I mean, you had such success at Texas Tech before you went to Washington State. Obviously not the way you'd wanted that to end down there. When you look back at your time there, how do you kind of remember it? Is it kind of a is it a good feeling about being there, or is it pretty much still tainted? Uh, no, it's a good, well, it's a good feeling. I mean, I worked with fantastic people. The fans were fantastic. West Texas was fantastic. The people I worked with, with very rare exception, were fantastic. I mean, in that period of time, we had five presidents. All those guys were great. We had three chancellors. Two of those guys were great. One of them was an unmitigated disaster. And then, uh, and I, you know, I still haven't been paid for 2009. Can you imagine? We That's insane to me. At, at, at Texas Tech, we won nine games in 2009. 
and and they don't pay me for the season. They enjoyed a nine win season. I don't get paid. I still haven't get paid. Got, but you're not in, you're not into you're not you're not winning for charity. Oh, I mean, evidently, I mean, and these guys are going around, you know, acting like you know. There's something like out of a Western movie and their word is their bond and you don't need a contract or even a handshake because you can trust them. They just flat out cheat me out of my entire salary for 2009. And uh, and they haven't won nine games since I left, you know? I'm how, not- does somebody, how does somebody that has a JD let them get away with that? How, how do you let them get away with not putting this stuff well, in Because in Texas, in Texas, they have this... Uh, and it wouldn't have happened in any other state, in no other state. Uh, uh, so in Texas, all states have some level of sovereign immunity, but none of them exercise it on integrated contracts. Okay, but in the state of Texas, um, if you sue the government, you need the government's permission. And so despite the fact that the contract was negotiated, everybody signed, um, they're... Uh, uh, you know, it's like, well, uh, you can't sue the government. We have sovereign immunity. And they're actually exercising it on a contract. I'll tell you the most amazing thing about that is, is this wasn't state-allocated money. I mean, this is it, it wasn't taxpayer money that they owe me. This was money that they entered into a business interest uh, to make. And yet, somehow, still, they're cheating me out of it. The only way to get it is you got to go through the legislature and get a petition through the legislature, which they really ought to do if the state of Texas wants to have, um, you know, any credibility as far as paying their debt. They're not even like the Lannisters on the Game of Thrones. The Lannisters always pay their debt. The state of Texas does not, especially the Texas Tech portion. Do you think you'll ever see that money? I don't know. I have my doubts. I'll keep trying. I'll, I mean, I'll make people's lives inconvenient to the extent that I can to try to get it, uh, but they owe it to me. But this business that, uh, you know, uh, you can, you can trust, uh, uh, some of the characters that I dealt with and that they're everything that they try to see in their mind's eyes and saunter around. Well, that's, that's obviously entirely false. <laughs> last thing before I let you go, last, I want to talk about this huge Friday night lights fan. Uh, I'm sure you are too. You were on there. Uh, my question to you though is, how did you guys settle as – I mean you could have very easily played a football coach. You could have played yourself. How do you, you get into a discussion with them where you, where you settle on playing a guy at a gas station? Oh, well, I was playing myself because I was playing myself. He didn't trust me with any role but myself. Um, <laughs> and then – and I see no series, but basically um, they uh, – they, uh, no, I, I walk up to get gas. And that guy's just gotten a devastating defeat, and I'm trying to pick his spirits up and asking directions to Lubbock. It was pretty fun to do, actually. Was this your idea, that role? Or was it there? No, it, it was Peter Berg, Peter Berg's idea. All right, well, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. I know you got a game this weekend, so I don't want to uh, take up any more of your time. I appreciate it, though, and hopefully we'll be in touch, and you can tell me where to go in Key West. Uh, yeah, if you go to Key West, give me a call, and I'll definitely uh, tell you where to go, what to do. All right, I'll give you a call the week before I go. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it.